Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. You're listening to Rob Kendall. The Republican Party in Indiana sees zero problem in record spending, in record taxation. And Casey Daniels. You went out there and said, please vote for me. You debated other people on why you're the better person for the position. Suck it up. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. Nothing changes, nothing changes, nothing changes. But did you expect it to? Well, I was told there would be changes. Ah, okay. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle in for Casey. And yesterday, the Republicans who somehow lost the U.S. Senate, somehow barely won the House of Representatives, And on the Senate side, the Senate colleagues joined their Republican colleagues in picking the guy who was the face of another very terrible election season. They overwhelmingly appointed Mitch McConnell to lead them in the minority the next two years. They're probably just reaching back into the memory banks because as long as Mitch McConnell has been in power, he's also been the face of some enormous Republican victories. He's just been there a very long time, Rob. Oh, yeah, a so- very <laughs> long time. I just, I, it's, you know, this is why, and we talked about this all throughout the election season because there were, by the way, I was told by so many conservatives, you must vote for Todd Young. You must absolutely just hold your nose and do this, and then we're going to hold him accountable. Because of the judicial nominations, you we're, understand? No, we're going to hold him accountable, and we're going to be on that, <laughs> and we're going to be all over this guy, and you watch. So my question to those people is, when does the accountability begin because he voted for Mitch McConnell? Does the accountability begin, is it next week, or is it December 1st, or is it like 2023? Because clearly... It's the same stuff from all these people again and again and again and again, which goes back to what we talked about is there's zero reason to vote for the Republicans. There's none. They've learned nothing. Todd Young boat race the opposition. So what makes you think the uh, base is not perfectly fine with this establishment? But this is that's what I'm saying is I was told, you know, we get the, the YouTube chats, the Twitter, the whatever. You must vote for you must vote for Todd Young. Uh, that you must vote for him because we must have Republicans in there. The Republicans are the only people who can save society. We will hold him accountable. We will primary him the next time. No, you won't. And this is my point again. Todd Young doesn't fear you at all. He laughs at you. You're not holding him accountable. You're not primarying him. And that's fine. But that's why it was so laughable that people were like, we're going to get him this time. Yeah, just put him in there. and we'll, We're really going to show him. It's the same cast. Murkowski, Collins, Romney, Young. 
voting the same people in who never do anything, who are completely responsible for the direction of this country and the Republican Party. And uh, after uh, the vote yesterday, Mitch McConnell, in which 37 of his colleagues took, uh, took a little victory lap. As everyone has said, uh, we had a good opportunity to discuss the various differences. Uh, people had a chance to listen to both candidates. And um, I'm pretty proud of uh, 37 to 10. Yeah, apparently the Republicans are too. It's not like it was close. Boy, what a real! He was running against Rick Scott, the the uh, former governor, now senator from Florida, and it's not like it was really close. Like, man, it was uh, you know twenty six twenty three. Mitch McConnell wins a, a squeaker. The Republican Party is clearly divided. No, the Republicans as a collective believe, and this is what I've been trying to say. I've been trying to say this for how many years? Six and a half years. Is that right? Six years. I've been here six years, Ethan. That's incredible. And I've been trying to say this for six years. And at some point, maybe people will finally listen to me. Mitch McConnell is not the anomaly. He's not the exception. He's not some power-hungry guy who magically ascended himself to the head of the Republican Party in, in the Senate. He is the Republican Party. Right. He this didn't get there is, by accident. He's this, empowered. They like him. That's correct. That's who they are. The Republicans, just like the Democrats, are the party of big government. They are the party of big spending. They time and time again endorse these people. And for some reason, we're livid when it happens with the Democrats and they're all the problem. But when it's the Republicans, well, you must vote for that person and we'll hold them accountable. And now, we never hold them accountable. Now, just for a thought experiment, I thought it would be fun to propose a few alternatives oh, yeah. for Senate leadership sure. because, you know, I was just spitballing, uh, scrolling through the current Republicans that are in the Senate just to, you know, kind of uh, ascertain possible names that would be uh, uh, suitable both from a conservative side and from an establishment side. Yes. Now, I don't think any of these people necessarily have a snowball's chance in Ecuador, but it's yeah. fun to spitball. So okay. People like Marsha Blackburn uh -huh. or Ted Cruz, uh -huh. which again, part of being a leadership means that you have to inspire uh, confidence and also be able to build bridges. And Ted Cruz, not an incredibly popular person. What, what confidence is Mitch McConnell <laughs> inspiring in anyone? Evidently, great confidence. He boat raced the opposition, 37 votes. So well, no, 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 no. I'm saying, in, I'm saying in a society as a collective, yes, if you are about the status quo and nothing changing in this country and protecting yourself and your own power base, then yes, absolutely. I'm sure Mitch McConnell would inspire that. But I'm saying- And when it comes to reading the tea leaves on Supreme Court nominations. Sure, Mitch McConnell has been very good on judges. What else? No, this is your turn to talk and tell me other than judges, right? So that's what, for forever and ever and ever, the guy has a lifetime- He can hang his hat on judges. Uh, that's, that's, I'm, that's, I'm, just, I'm just giving you what I can work with, Rob. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Who else? So Marsha Blackburn, Ted uh, Cruz. Ted Cruz, John Kennedy. See, that would be entertaining. You talk about some yes, entertaining uh, Senate leadership. Uh, Rand Paul, Tim Scott, yes. I think would be an interesting choice. Or- for the establishment crowd, of course, Lindsey Graham and Chuck Grassley. Now, they probably would. I'm not not saying they're my picks, Rob, but right. in a universe of likely alternatives, I feel like those probably would be more likely to, to to walk away with it than any of the names I just Well, mentioned. we had this conversation several times with Micah in the lead up to the election. And you know, I love Micah. He's one of my best friends. But I told him it is laughable if your argument is going to be, we must vote for Spendingberg because we need Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Josh Hawley to be the heads of these committees. 
even if they had won the majority, they were never going to be the heads of the committee. They were never going to be in charge of anything. Mitch McConnell was never going to allow that. And we are seeing the exact same behavior. It's not like, boy, these rogue senators, they're really out of line. We just saw the exact same overwhelming behavior from Republicans in the House of Representatives with Kevin McCarthy. You people keep saying, I need to just come back into the tent to be a part of the Republican Party. You're not giving me anything to work with here because the immediate behavior is the exact same behavior even when they repeatedly lose, Ethan. Unfortunately, they've demonstrated they are the party of go along to get along, which is why they don't inspire the kind of support from the uh, voters that they should have in the in it, the midterm elections. If you came out and said, hey, uh, Scalise is for speaker and Banks is going to be majority leader or whip, Okay, now you got my attention in the house. If you came out and said, "Hey, it's going to be Rand Paul, you know, being the minority leader and Ted Cruz, you know, is going to be his number." Okay, now you got my attention. Now you're telling me we have learned a lesson and we are willing to make changes and now Rob Kendall is saying, "Okay, I'm interested in this party again." But it's just it's just the same More stuff. More of the same. Josh Hawley, who is the uh, senator from Missouri, blasted this was actually ahead of the vote but he knew what was coming and so uh he absolutely blasted this choice of mcconnell take a listen i, I don't think there's any doubt that, that mitch mcconnell needs to go I, i'm not going to vote for him i said that before the election i get asked all the time by folks and I, I just i think what what he has done has not been good for the state of missouri i hear from missourians all the time pete and not just republicans independents of course democrats none of them like the leadership of the party in D.C., and they're right. So I'm going to be with Missouri over D.C. every day of the week and twice on Sundays, and that, that begins with Mitch McConnell. I will not support him again for leader. I think we need new leadership that actually gets what voters want, gets the problems we're facing as a country. And we've got to look forward, and I think, I think that that's the, the message that voters are trying to send, Republican voters, independent voters, which is that, listen, with the Republican Party, that party, as we've known it, is dead. Voters are sending us the message. Give us something different. Give us something that is compelling. And right now, we need to have a conversation about our convictions as a party. And I think you can look at our success in Missouri. You can look at our success in Florida and New York, and we can build on that. The convictions of the Republican Party, and I've been telling you people this for six years, and eventually maybe you will finally listen to me, whether it is the Indiana Republican Party or the National Republican Party. The conviction of the Republican Party is to be in power, is to be in office, and to reward the people who make that possible. They don't have convictions. They are the party of big government. They are the party of big spending. They don't care about you at all. And that is no more evident than when they just had a terrible, by their own admission, terrible midterm cycle. And who do they put in charge? The exact same two status quo, big government establishment protectors that they always have. Don't give me this BS about you got to vote for them and then we'll figure it out later. No, because you never figure it out later. You never figure it out later. You will never beat Todd Young in a primary. You will never hold him accountable. He laughs at you because he knows no matter what he does, you will cower in the corner in fear and vote for him because you're so afraid of a Democrat. Once again, Ethan, and you know how I hate this. It's my least favorite part of the show. I was right. It's, Nothing's changed. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today. Mike Pence telling the January 6th committee, no dice. He will not appear in front of them. We'll talk about it coming up next on 93 WIBC. What is love? Baby, don't hurt Mike Pence tells the January 6th committee, no dice. 
93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey. Kevin's here. Yes, for those of you in the YouTube chat, I am wearing a winter coat because it is zero degrees in this studio every single day. And I made the mistake. I thought, okay, I'm going to wear a uh, regular shirt to work today. And I thought it'd be fine. And Kevin does not have a camera on him either, but he also has a winter coat on because for some reason, I don't know. I don't know if this is an urban one thing still, or if this is a, an Emmis thing, but it is always zero degrees in the studio. I seem to recall once upon a time in the distant past yeah. of WIBC, you once giving those two, the, the two the women, women. Yeah. The, the women, y- yes, you used to give them a hard time for using space heaters in the studio. I, I seem to recall that. And yet now. No, no, no. That's not, that's, <laughs> not, that's, not, that's not a fair argument because the space heater, the reason I gave them a hard time was because <laughs> it was loud and it would make a loud noise like, wah. And for those of us who care about audio <laughs> quality, I said, you cannot have. No matter how cold you are, wah, in the background. I never disputed it was cold in here, but I said, for the listener, you cannot have wah okay, in the I background. Th- I thought you were criticizing no, their need to be no, warm. No, 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 no. I, it was the criticism of uh, we must care about our audience more than having wah the entire show in the background. Uh, so, yes, that is why I have a large winter coat on. Made a terrible mistake thinking, you know, I, and I realized it was arrogant and conceited of me to think I might be able to just wear a normal dress shirt and not be freezing cold in here. Uh, Mike Pence, he uh, is on a book tour trying to sell as many uh, copies of his book as possible. I mean, he's got a gigantic mansion in Zionsville slash Carmel now to to pay for, uh, amongst other things. Obviously, no applicable skill set that would apply to the real world. So uh, I guess selling books and doing podcasts is the future income stream for Mike Pence. And when you spent 20 years grifting uh, off the government in various shapes, forms, and fashions, why would you, at 60, whatever he is, get a real job? Now, you need to pad the retirement. Well, absolutely. And so I think he was on CBS, I believe it was yesterday. He was asked, will he appear in front of the January 6th committee? And he said, no way. Do you intend to ever sit and answer questions written in person for the January 6th committee? Do, Do you believe, though, that the public deserves that? Is this interview it? Is this book it? Or will you answer questions about that day before Congress? Well, I'm... I shared my heart and I shared my story in this book, and we'll continue to speak openly about it. I expect to some degree for the rest of my life. But from the time that January 6th was formed, and every member was appointed by the Democrat Speaker of the House, I, I was concerned. But your chief of staff spoke to them, Mark Shore, well, your legal I, I, counsel, Greg Jacobs yeah, testified. I'll, I'll get to that. I, but but I you don't for, want to engage with them at all? No, I served for 12 years in the Congress. It's inconceivable to me that one party would appoint every member of a committee in Congress. That's antithetical to the whole idea of the committee system. Mm -hmm. That being said, I never stood in the way of senior members of my team cooperating with the committee and testifying. Um, But Congress has no right to my testimony. Uh, We have a separation of powers under the Constitution of the United States. um, And I believe it would establish a terrible precedent Uh, for the Congress to summon a vice president of the United States to speak about deliberations that took place uh, at the White House. So you're uh, you're closing the door on that entirely? um, I'm closing the door on that. uh, But I must say again that the partisan nature of the January 6th committee uh, has been a disappointment to me. It seemed to me in the beginning there was an opportunity to examine every aspect 
uh, of what happened on January 6th. And, and to do so more in the spirit of the 9-11 Commission, mm -hmm. uh, nonpartisan, nonpolitical. And that was an opportunity lost. More people died in the Indianapolis riots than did on January 6th. And there's not been one finger from anyone uh, to investigate what happened in Indianapolis. Uh, in fact, the, one of the guys who was uh, involved in some of the calamity down here, our old pal Malik Muhammad, was given a VIP meet and greet with the governor, allowed to write part of the police reform bill. This happened in cities all across this country, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, New York, you name it. Not a finger's been lifted to investigate that. And they are still going almost two years later they are just they lust and obsess over this january 6th thing i'm the last person who will ever be accused of being team mike pence but he's totally right on this oh well i think see i think that sound clip encapsulates why mike pence is and forever will be a zero because he's incre <laughs> he's incredibly non-committal pick a lane my dude because we all know what you want to say we all know the loathing that you feel for donald trump yeah. perhaps justified given the treatment that he received uh, in the final day closing days of the administration but that said he needs to just pick a lane. He needs to either uh, stick with his convictions and then act with it and then participate in the January 6th committee. But he's not willing to do that because doing so would be political suicide. Right. So he's trying to walk this weirdo tightrope right. that ends up making him look like a total zero because he's not backing the convictions we all know he has. Just do that I, and then deal with the consequences. Let, uh, let the pieces fall where they may. I have always said this about Mike Pence, and I say this as someone who knew Mike Pence, who worked under and around Mike Pence. Mike Pence is a very nice guy. Sure. Mike Pence at his core is a very, very nice guy. Like, I have no doubt if you were a motorist stranded on the side of the road, now maybe not anymore since he was the vice president, but <laughs> that he would help you change a tire or get you some gas or whatever. He's a very nice guy. But Mike Pence always puts on this above-the-fray persona as though politics is an inconvenience of his his love of leadership and that is the furthest thing from the truth mike pence is political he and his people will throw people under the bus when they're of no use to them they will uh, have no problem being uh, deceptive to people if it's of no use to them or doesn't better their situation. And he's not, while he may be a very nice person, in terms of the politics, he is not above it. He's right in it. And I really hope, I really am, and I've said this for years now, Ethan, that Mike Pence decides to run for president because I have many, many stories that I am, have been waiting years and years and years to tell, and they will never be more valuable than what, when Mike Pence pulls the trigger and runs for president. I hope he does just for the entertainment factor because I have been thirsting to hear these yes. tales that you've been sitting on and you've been teasing them for years yes. and it's starting to get under my skin a little well, bit because uh, uh, I, I feel like at a certain point you need to deliver on the promises made even if he doesn't run like if he just passes away you need to well, like, well, tell us. Do we don't want that Ethan. We don't, we don't want that. Well uh, I mean no I'm saying from natural causes I'm, he is very aged. I'm not convinced he's that stupid to actually run for president but maybe I don't know. All right uh, Ethan Hatcher in today for uh, Casey Kevin's here when we come back, I saw an act of greed last night at a local government meeting that even for me, I was taken aback by, and you know that must be serious. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to this. You had quite an entertaining evening. I night. am going to. We're going to tell you all about it when we come back. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. greed in government last night <laughs> that even I was floored by. And the only recourse at this point we have is to name names and shame people. And Ethan, you know, if I am floored by greed in government, it must be uh, just highly egregious. Gobsmacked. Flabbergasted. Shocked. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today. Before we get to that, though, uh, we have touched on this on the show uh, earlier this week and uh, want to come back to it again because this FTX story, if it is indeed investigated and covered properly by the media, which it won't be because of his political ties, but if it was, you could probably make a case by the time it's all said and done that this may be the biggest financial story to ever happen in the history of this country. And what I mean by that is... How much did he make away with? Well, so so if you were not... From, so the, uh, this guy owned a company called FTX. Right. Bankman Freed, I yes. think, was the Sam guy's Bankman name. Freed. Sam Bankman Freed. And it's this crypto exchange. And again, you know how hate, I hate to talk about how right I am. He's got a perm bordering on an afro. It's like this huge, massive fuzz. But I've been telling people for well over a year now, even when Bitcoin was at 66000 or whatever it was. And by the way, consult your financial advisor before any financial decisions. You need to get out of the crypto world because there's a good chance you don't know what the crypto world is because like three people know what the crypto world is and you're not one of them. And so we started referring to these crypto people as Bitcoin guy because you know who I'm talking about when I talk about Bitcoin guy. It's the guy on Facebook who's, if you're not a Bitcoin, you're missing out. My Dogecoin is up 9 million percent in seven seconds. And he knows nothing because nobody knows anything because the crypto stuff is all made up. And people were mad at me last year and they were yelling at me and saying crypto is the greatest thing ever. Bitcoin today is worth less than a fourth of what it was at its peak, was, which was just about a year ago, because it's not real, because it's made up, and it was largely based on the dollar being printed like it was going out of style. Once the Federal Reserve started tightening interest rates and monetary policy, what happened? Bitcoin, like many of these other speculative things, went right down the toilet. Point of all this, though, is people who didn't know what they were doing got into this crypto exchange with, with this company called FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried was the guy who ran it, and now allegedly, and I say allegedly very loosely because it looks like definitely, but we'll still, for the, the purposes of this show, use the term allegedly. This guy took this money, made a bunch of bad investments with the money, not related to crypto and lost a bunch of people's money. And then when people tried to get their money out, they couldn't pull the money out to the point where billions of dollars have now been lost. And what is the worst part about it? That may not be the worst part about it. This guy was, next to George Soros, the largest donor to Democrats in the country. Tens of millions of dollars this Sam Bankman-Fried gave to Democrats, and it looks like it could be because Ukraine took a bunch of money 
that the government, we, the taxpayers, gave Ukraine, they invested it in some form of crypto that was somehow tied into this guy, and I'm not going to use the term money laundering, but it looks like it could be money laundering because a bunch of money that we gave to Ukraine ended up going to this guy who gave it to a bunch of Democrats who were running for public office this year. And on top of this cornucopia of corruption, he was also being tapped on the shoulder to help construct the regulatory mechanisms <laughs> of cryptocurrency. Yes. This would be like, since we're talking about large-scale financial fraud, if Bernie Madoff was tapped by the SEC to help write the rules. I, 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 yeah, so, so what Ethan is referring to is, earlier this year, the federal government was saying we must have some sort of re regulation behind crypto. And this was another thing that Bitcoin guy got mad at me about because I said, look, the reality of this is if you want to legitimize cryptocurrency as some sort of, uh, you know, th something that is universally accepted, you must have a government regulation slash backing behind it. Well, that is the premise of it. And that is why it's so valuable. No. World, the world dictates not Rob Kendall, but the world dictates that governments must have some buy-in and some sort of regulation to a currency in order for it to have some power, accepted power, across the globe. So it wasn't wrong of the government to say, how do we do this potentially? But it shows how inept and corrupt and awful the government is and why I guess it does give validity to Bitcoin guy questioning having government regulate this because this was the dude, the Sam Bankman-Fried, who the government, and it was a Republican and Democrat who were on board with this in the Senate, who let this guy help write most of the rules. Let's circle back to how much he actually scammed, because I'm trying to contextualize the scale yes. of the fraud. I name drop Bernie Madoff. He scammed $65 billion from his various investors in the largest Ponzi scheme to yep. date of U.S. history. How much did how, how much is Sam Freed built? Not quite that bad. It's I think, somewhere probably, I don't think it's quite, ten, we don't know for sure yet. Obviously, it's all being uncovered. Right. Uh, and this is all alleged right now because the you know the, right. the final hammer has not dropped. There's billions. I don't know. Was it I, 10 I billion? Saw, I saw he took at least 35 billion, but that doesn't mean he's built 35 right, right, billion. Right. I, How I much think, is missing? I think they're saying it could be upwards of 10 billion, but again, we don't know. Which brings me to the next point on this. Allegedly built. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's coming for you, Ethan. He's hanging out in the Bahamas right now, hiding from people, but he's coming for you. Uh, Ethan, he didn't say allegedly. Let's get him. Um, now, because there's, I think, a million people that are creditors now to try to get their money back. Think about this. A million people gave this guy, well, more than that, but a million people are claiming they're creditors to try to get their money. Now, because they recognize, well, there's little or nothing here to get from this guy, now they're suing the uh, paid celebrity endorsers, Brady and Steph Curry and Larry David. They're saying, we're getting our money somehow, and you ding-dongs vowed for this guy, so we're coming after you. Where is their liability, though? Just because they're in, they've endorsed the product doesn't mean they're fiscally liable for a fraud from the, per from, from the purveyor, correct? Or am I missing something? Ethan, I'm just reporting the news. I'm not telling you whether there's validity. This is all, it's, sure. it's a ever-evolving process, but when you factor in the amount of money this guy I lost when you factor in the amount of money he gave to Democrat politicians and you factor in that he was tied into Ukraine who was probably spending money with this guy or investing money with this guy that was given to them by us as U.S. taxpayers and 
the amount of money that then ended up back in the hands of Democrat coffers, this could be the biggest, if it were covered properly, which it won't be, because this guy was a Democrat who benefited Democrat candidates and causes, it could be the biggest financial story in the history of this country. One of them. Um, it, it, it's going to be incredible to follow. So so Dave Portnoy, who is the barstool guy, oh, yeah. <laughs> had an epic take on this. And I look, we love producer Kevin. And we say nothing but great things about our fabulous producer, Kevin. I walked in this morning and I said, Kevin, I am so sorry I had you pull this audio because of the amount of bleeping that was needed in it. And Kevin, have your finger on the dump button. Not that I would ever question your bleeping ability, but there were so many bleeps needed in this. I am sorry, but it was too awesome not to play. Good luck, Kevin. Go ahead. Listen, I'm out here in Toledo, God's country. I got to do a quick rant. I keep it quick. This guy, Sam uh, Bingy Bingy Freed, is one of the great f***ing <laughs> pieces of shit of all time. It's not just that FDX has collapsed and Almeida, and he's just the biggest. It's the way he's tweeting. Hi, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's f***ing Sam the Afro f***ing piece of shit. Hi, y'all. Hi, guys. And then a 10 f***ing thread code tweet like... Well, I don't really know what happened. And then his interview in the New York Times, he's like, I'm just going to play video games. I'm surprisingly having no problem sleeping. Yeah, we screwed up. I guess we got no money. At least that's what people say. Bye, guys. Sorry, lost your all money. Meanwhile, this guy lives in like, uh, what, a uh, uh, like brothel in the, in the Bahamas with like 10, 15 people who run FDX. They're all each other all these mit nerds he's like the number two donation guy to biden his father or something's working with the sec on legislation what is going on hi y'all it's sammy bing 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 freed afro i'm so cute tweet h i lost all your money clown out of there like i didn't have any money in fdx i'm lucky i was in gemini but if I lost like a million bucks or people lose their life savings, say, hey, y'all, he's acting, I'm just playing video games and I'm winding. I'm actually not that upset. People say we're going out of business. Maybe. No. Oh, hi, guys. I guess this buck stop. this guy. And by the way, how is this guy, how are people not mentioned? Imagine I can't breathe without people criticizing it. This guy's living in an apartment with like the entire company on the top floor just running a Best, like bang bros running FTX stealing people's money. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Sam. F- this guy, get this guy out of there. Drag him through the streets. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, Kevin. You know? That was great. You got all those bleeps perfect. Yeah, I was in the hot seat there, but I'm relieved. Perfect. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will get to the the government greed, a, an epic level of government greed that I was subjected to last night at a local government meeting. We'll talk about it coming up next on the Kendall and Casey Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I saw an act of government greed last night that blew even me away. 
and I didn't think that was possible. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey today. Kevin's here. So if you have a pen in handy, uh, please get it ready. I'm going to need a little audience participation on this one because we've got to shame some people, name some names, and teach some people a lesson the hard way. Um, because unlike other communities where this greed is allowed to go unpunished, uh, you're going to earn you're going to earn your greed if you live in the town of Brownsburg. And even if you don't live in Brownsburg, you need to wake up because this crap is happening where you live too. So I was forced uh, last night to subject myself, Ethan, to the Brownsburg Town Council meeting because these intellectual giants apparently felt they had done such a good job the past year that they wanted to give themselves not just a raise, but a 40% raise. Mighty generous of them. The elected officials in the town, the same town, where every single year they come to the citizenry and say, there is absolutely no money in our $68 million budget for a water and sewer plant, so we have to raise your water and sewer rate, which is a tax increase on you because obviously you have to flush your toilet and drink your water. Every single year they claim there's no money for that, but somehow magically... These upstanding Rhodes Scholar, no doubt Ivy Leaguers who can't find in a $68 million budget a way to not raise water and sewer rates found what comes out to about $25,000 a year to increase their pay. That seems somewhat grossly inconsiderate of the citizens residing with fixed incomes within the community. Yes. And so... I uh, they passed this on the first reading and the way uh, budgets uh, salary ordinances work, you have to get them through three readings. So someone had called me and alerted me because this was tucked in a salary ordinance because of course they would never do it out loud and walk through the front door. And so we had posted about this several times and I had gone on social media and made it aware. And so I went to the meeting last night and said, "Hey, look." First of all, it's gross that you're stealing from poor and middle class and elderly people, but yet you found $25,000 in the coffers to boost your own pay. But secondly, if you're going to have your pay increase, two things should happen. Because their, their, their case was, their argument was, well, we've got to attract better talent to run for town council. And the only way to do it is if we give each other $5,000 more every single year. Now, of course, that's a total indictment of the people who are there that you're saying, we are so bad that we must bribe better people to run for this office. So that's highly laughable. But the worst part about this is the two guys who are supporting it, two of the guys, just got reelected. So they will get the $5,000 a year extra every single year. So they get $20,000 and they're trying to say it's about attracting better people. So we said two things. Okay, number one, if you're going to get this raise, you should at least have to show up to get paid because right now there is no obligation whatsoever to show up. Can you name me another job in the world other than if you're Nigel where you don't have to show up <laughs> to get paid? No, it that's, that's not how it works in the real There's world. There's no requirements. So we said, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna give yourself a pay increase, you should at least have to say we have to show up to the regularly scheduled meetings. And if we don't show up to a regularly scheduled meeting, each meeting is worth X amount of dollars based on what the yearly salary is. You don't get paid that amount of money. The second thing you should have to do is, if indeed is it about attracting future talent, then why don't you make it so that the current council members can't benefit from this? So you two who got elected, who are you know on this moral high horse about we must attract better people, then for the next four years, you don't get the pay increase. And you other council members don't get the pay increase. 
until you get reelected. And so I thought those are really reasonable requests that surely in a government that is above board and honest and all about the citizenry and attracting better candidates would be all on board with. Ethan, you have never lived until you have seen a grown-ass man, in this case, the pathetic Brownsburg Town Council President, Travis Tashane, practically beg the clerk treasurer to tell the public that she called the State Board of Accounts to say that it is illegal to require people to show up to government offices to get paid. It was the most pathetic thing I have ever say seen. Say what? So they what, what, wait, wait, wait. They're saying that there is a law yes. which prevents requiring legislators yes. to show up to the regularly scheduled yes. meetings. So here is here is tell the, me of this law, Rob. So this is what your government. And again, we're talking about Brownsburg because these people are wholly pathetic and deserve to be shamed. But it is happening all over the place. What I'm telling you, I guarantee something similar to this has or will happen in a community near near you. So they're trying to hang this on. They search far and wide, not how to make sure your water and sewers more affordable, not make sure your tax Taxes are lower, not make sure the, the streets are better paved. They spent government time, I am sure a ton of government time, trying to find a state code that would excuse them from this. And they found a state code that says, quote, an elected city or town officer is not required to report hours worked and may not be compensated based on the number of hours worked. Now, at any point, Ethan, on what I told you I thought would be good, did we say you had to track hours worked or be paid by your hours worked? At any point, did I say anything about hours worked? It didn't say that you couldn't be there. What, what? What? No, of course not. We said show up. And these scumbags, three of them, are so wed to lining their own pockets. Because we got two no votes. We got two out of the three no votes we needed. Are so wed to lining their own pockets that they spent infinite government time and resources trying to find a way to get the wording, find wording in the state code to say, well, we'd love to help you out, but... I'm not sure that's even what the state code says. I don't agree with that either. And of course, they didn't reveal that until the meeting. Now, here's another part of this whole little debacle. is one of the other guys who voted to give himself $5,000-ish extra a year is a guy named Chris Worley, old clueless Chris. Chris was fired by the voters when he ran for re-election last time. Fired. He lost his re-election. They said, you did a terrible job. Get out of our, get out of our government. But because the guy who replaced him had to resign because he moved, clueless Chris got caucused back in by the party insiders. So, guy gets fired by the voters for doing a crappy job, gets caucused back in by party insiders, and one of his first maneuvers as a member of the local government is to give himself $5,000 more a year. That sounds utterly unethical duplicitous even this, this was and this is shameful coming, this That's is coming shameful. from rob kendall this was the greatest most brazen act of greed i have ever seen three grown-ass men maneuvering finagling looking for any excuse possible to take five thousand dollars ish each a year for themselves at the expense of of the taxpayers while they keep raising taxes on the citizenry every year because otherwise you can't flush your toilet or drink your water. I also feel the argument that they want to attract better representation by making it financially prosperous to do so is, is kind of a bad incentive. Like you shouldn't want to, <laughs> you shouldn't want, the primary reason for serving your community shouldn't be for financial enrichment. I feel like it's a bad rationale. So, especially at the town council level. Kudos to the two council members who did the right thing and voted no. And so for the next month, 
uh, we are going to try to shame these people <laughs> into doing the right thing. So if you have your pen ready, if you could send an email, this would help me infinitely. It is towncouncil at brownsburg.org. That is towncouncil at brownsburg.org. Towncouncil at brownsburg.org and say, hey, you greedy little you-know-whats, stop stealing other people's money and lining your own pockets with it. There, I feel better now. I feel better now about all that. Kurt Darling in the News coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey, 93 WIBC.